Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crips of the Corn. I'm the great Mr. E. And I'm the interdimensional giant J. <laughs> and I'm the enchanted Emily. And together we are Crips of the Corn podcast, starting with season two. Yeah, thank you guys. Boots so this is, oh, yeah. oh, it hits a little. The party yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> season two, we did Ooh, it. We made it. Two. We're here. Oh, they, they stop fast. Yeah. It's the sign. Well, that's the one you got to hold down on. Oh, I thought there was the crowd out the yeah. window cheering us on. I got the whole town of eight outside. All right. Before we get to today's... <laughs> Probably all of them. Yeah. Before we get to today's uh, topic, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to today's topic, we have some uh, front of house notes, starting with season two. Uh, so first thing, I'm going to read all of our events, their dates, and we hope to come out and see you. If you're going to be out there... Uh, you can go ahead and like message us or whatever, and we'll make sure we get to meet you in person. Yeah. Um, but for, uh, the next one we have is the Bigfoot uh, Michigan Bigfoot Conference. That is July 30th and 31st. We will actually be up there the 29th, so we are we could probably do a meet and greet that night if we need to. Um, but yeah, all of these, all the information is on our Facebook page for all these events, so you could look it up and see the addresses and stuff like that. We're always down to meet y'all at mm-hmm. this. These two. Next event after that is the Bigfoot and Brews event, and that is September 10th and 11th. Or it's just September 10th, but we'll be there the 11th in the morning. Um, after that, we have the Virginia Bigfoot and Friends Festival, which we just ran promotions for that. We still have another promotion we got to do later on. And that is September, is that 24th? Yes. And But we'll be there all weekend. I was going to say, I can hardly read it from yeah. here, too. Uh, we'll be there all weekend, so if you want to meet up with us, just let us know. I just remember because it's my brother's birthday. Oh, okay. And then after that, we'll be at the Hocking Hills Bigfoot Conference, and that's October 1st and 2nd. But I think we'll be there September 30th as well. So uh, that's Hocking Hills, Ohio. I know we have a lot of Pete listeners down there. We can do a meet and greet in Logan or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. And then uh, Cryptid, or the Encrypted Con, which is November 18th to 20th. We're still not vendors for that. We're still waiting to hear back. Um, but we are going to be there. Though. We are being there no we'll matter be what. There regardless. Yep. Yes, we'll set up a booth outside and just uh, poach. Outside you know. our uh, hotel room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys want to meet us at any of those, just shoot us a message. We'll make sure we get to meet you because um, we love meeting you guys. Um, so next line of business: if you have stories you would like to share on the podcast or like to be a guest on the podcast, please message us. We have all that stuff in the description of how to get a hold of us. Yep. Even Facebook if you and email. Stay anonymous. As yes. Well. Facebook and email is about the easiest. Anonymous, you can send us your anonymous message or your anonymous story, and uh, we'll just read them on air. Um, after that, so Patreon, we have a big, a pretty big Patreon group now. In my opinion, it's growing. It's definitely growing, and we appreciate every one of them. So here's your Patreon shoutouts. So we have Andrew, we have Rachel, we have Sean, and we have Ralph. 
You guys are helping us make all this possible, and we appreciate you guys. And if you'd like to join Patreon, there will be a link in the description below. I know it only work. I know it works on Apple. I don't think it works on Spotify. If you're listening, uh, but if you go to our Facebook page, there's links there as well. And what do we offer on our Patreon that's so different than this? Oh gosh, extra stories. Yeah, so we do. Ex- we get an extra episode every week. Uh, I think that's no doesn't matter on what level, right? Uh, yep. We do special meet and greets if possible. Uh, they get first dibs on meet and greets and special things on the higher levels. Like, for example, uh, Rachel and Sean this weekend, we were driving down to Cincinnati to hang out with them yep, on Saturday and doing the Frogman stuff. Well, this is actually the previous Saturday when this episode comes out. Ah, it's but yes. evergreen. Just say Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, the uh, higher levels of Patreon will work. Uh, I know we're getting ready to do special t-shirt designs that are only offered to Patreons. Yep. Um, stuff like that. And then we're actually going to start a Patreon giveaway. And so it's like what we giveaways we do on Facebook, but it's a lot smaller group that we're picking from, so you have a lot better chance of winning. Oh, yeah. And we'll probably start that one the day this episode comes out. Oh, okay. interesting. Start right. season two. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably be a t-shirt and a flask. Oh, get in the flask. <laughs> Little Nicky. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Um, oh, speaking of t-shirts, though. Uh, we have t-shirts available. Uh, all of our artwork from season one is available as a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want t-shirts, you can get a hold of us through email, Facebook, any of our stuff that's listed below in the description. Uh, we'll get you t-shirts. Shipping's pretty good. We do pretty good on shipping. It'll be affordable. And probably the best way to get a hold of us in any way, shape, or form is through Facebook. Facebook, email. I watch the email a lot. Yeah. Uh, so email's a good one. And I watch the Instagram, so I'm pretty good about. Mm-hmm. I watch the Telegram like a hawk. <laughs> There's no one on there. Yeah, there. shout out to Daphne. Yeah, Daphne. <laughs> Woo. Uh, and JD. Daphne and JD. Uh, <laughs> you threw me off track. Um, but yeah, so t-shirts available. Some Patreon giveaway. <laughs> Sprained my other thumb. Yeah, Emily tried to break her thumb last night. <laughs> And then once again, a reminder that the format of the show has changed a little bit. Mondays will be these long episodes about a cryptid or an event or a UFO or a ghost or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday's upload will either be a short cryptid, like one of the cryptids we don't have a lot on. For example, the Oklahoma octopus. Everybody wanted to hear about that one. There's just not a lot on it. Or it'll be an interview because we have a lot of interviews to start getting through. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of amazing people. We've already got a couple in the bag and we're recording more constantly. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Interviews are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the last note of top of the house business is thank you. Uh, we've come a long way. As of recording this, we're just shy of 10,000 downloads. I mean, I think we're within 300 downloads of being 10,000, which is, I mean, truly amazing. I thought we were going to be sitting at 10,000 in two or three years. Right. Yeah. Not seven Season, months. Right. Not. 50 episodes in, mm-hmm. roughly. So we want to thank you guys for making this possible. Uh, it's definitely something we love doing. It's something we love hearing feedback from. We have fun with the cryptids and coffee, and we're starting to do evening uh, live streams too, which are a lot of fun. We, if, we haven't named that one yet, have we? We haven't. Uh, we have name suggestions. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Adult beverage and... And Bigfoot. <laughs> Brews and cruise. That well, there you go. Something like that. We'll figure it out. Ooh, I don't want to encourage that. 
Bruising and crew. Wait. Crew as in C R E W. Oh, okay, okay. Now I understand. But yes, once again, thank you guys for the support. <laughs> Oops. So say thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Big thanks. Big thanks. It's like sitting in a room with two pigeons. <laughs> what? You just feed off each other. <laughs> you just sit and look around. Squirrel. Uh, but that's all I got for the front of the house. So, Jay, do you want to introduce this season season two, episode one, heavy hitter? Oh, it is a major heavy hitter in it the is. cryptid community. Well, I, I want to find a funny name, but let's just call it. It is the Wendigo. Bum, bum, bum. Now, is that Wendigo or Wendigo? I have always heard it was Wendigo, but I've recently learned it was now it's also Wendigo. So that's a funny joke. You can spell it W-I or W-E. Both are correct. Because there was one news article in particular, or not news article, this article about it in particular, that used both. It really confused me <laughs> until I looked it up that it's both spellings are acceptable. Stroke. I'm just like, well, if you're using it in your news article, why are you using... The wrong one? Like both. Oh, yeah. Back and forth? Yeah. It's like a and typo because, you missed? No, I think it was because uh, they were using both terms of Algonquin legend, which we'll get into. Uh. So he was going when they were this tribe was talking about this. It was the win, like W I. Yeah. And when it was the other tribe was Len, you know W E. So it's and I heard it's actually pronounced Wendigo. Hmm. But as white people, we can't say it right because it's not our word. Not true. We're culturally appropriating Algonquin tongue. <laughs> sure. Uh, I can't. Oh my god! But you ready to get in the window? Oh yeah! It's yeah, bo- I was born I ready. Getting you. Step up well, to the plate. Depends how much beer we have, <laughs> and how many people you eat. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> how many people you eat? So the window, the frost bitten fright. Ooh, I like that name. Do we have a scientific name? No, because it's not a scientific creature. Well, let's give it one. Uh, you're the yeah. You're Ariasatus. Mexicanum. Completing day? Huh? Okay, I like it. Means it'll kill you before the day's out. Okay. <laughs> it's made up. The frostbitten. They're fright. all made up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. All scientific names are made up. Everything's made up. I was being made up the language and everything. Disclaimer. Anyways, appearance and characteristics. So we're going to talk about what this <laughs> thing looks like. So there are just many different versions of the word Wendigo as there is depictions of this creature. Um. But yeah, so sometimes the Wendigo is depicted as being extremely thin with the skull or skeleton pushing through its skin, uh, almost looking like a mummy, hmm. like a half, you know, a rotting person. Others describe, uh, describe the Wendigo as a, a well-fitted, chunky mammal. Um, hmm. And then still, more of the story describe it as just looking like a frostbitten person that gets larger as it eats. Which will come back to that. Right, yeah. And then it's it has like just as many. And then some, the more modern depiction is the tall, lanky, long-armed creature with the deer-like skull yeah, yeah. on its head. That's what I'm used to when Dark, I think of it. Dark, sunken in eyes. Antler is a good movie about it. It has that kind of depiction. Um, so none of them are more correct than others. But it's definitely, no matter what description you look at, it is a gnarly looking animal terrifying creature yeah especially the rotting flesh aspect of it yeah yeah a lot of them look rotting they reek uh they're supposed to stink Mm. 
the Wendigo is usually, but not always, endowed with some kind of powers, such as hu- superhuman strength, uh, being s- completely silent, stalking, unless they want you to know they're following them, which we'll talk about. Uh, overpowered, and it can, can completely devour victims in minutes. Um, high sp- mm. They can run super fast, you know. They can even uh, run over... Some stories say they can even run over water without it, without sinking into it. Like Jesus? Kinda, but in a scarier way. Well, yeah. If Jesus was trying to eat the flesh off your bones... I don't think this thing will be bringing you much bread and wine. Mm -hmm. No. What do you think of the description so far? (laughs) I mean, scary. I mean, this is truly a... Creature. Gnarly thing to look at. This is supposed to be invoking fear. Seems like a sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's it's kind of got that kind of demon look. Hmm. Well, that would be frightening. Imagine me in the woods and being having that sleep paralysis like effect over you, and then you see this eight foot tall, <laughs> rotting flesh deer skull coming at you. It would not be pure fear. Yeah. So the Wendigo or the Wendigo, each way you spell it. <laughs> I love because I say it the same no matter what. Uh, so this is according to Native American legends specifically. Uh, we're going to go with Algonquin first. It's described as being a powerful monster with the desire to kill and consume humans. Uh, and the Algonquins say that it is a human that transformed into a Wendigo because of committing a heinous act. And that would be as in, we'll talk about what acts those are. Right, yeah. Uh, but everybody knows that cannibalism is one. Uh, various other indi- er, indigenous traditions consider the Wendigo to be dangerous because of their thirst for blood and their ability to infect other healthy people in the communities with evil. So Wendigos in some other Native American cultures are evil incarnate. Not only are they feeding on your people, but they can create other Wendigos. They're spreading it. And they're also just creating evil to corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it just all kinds of stuff. Uh, Wendigos legends are essentially cautionary tales about isolation and selfishness, which is uh, very important to these communities. So that is uh, one aspect of the Wendigo is it's supposed to teach you that none of us will survive if one of us is selfish and greedy. Mm. It'll consume the whole town. Which is true, you know. Or the whole, you know, the whole tribe. Right, exactly, yeah. Because especially these northern Native American tribes heavily depend on each other in the winter. Right, especially, yeah. So they need each other. So this is, uh, some people say it's the, the tale to be like, okay, you'll become this Wendigo. Mm. It's more, how do you want to say that? Some tribes view it as more, not a creature, as in a concept. I get it. An idea, a thought, mm-hmm. to kind of, I don't know, to, not to control you, but to, to the change you. only is as strong as we can slink. Yeah. yeah. It builds you up. Mm-hmm. All right. Any questions so far? Mm-mm. No, not yet. Okay. So the definition, according to most Algonquin oral traditions, the Wendigo is a cannibalistic character. If you can't tell, the Algonquins are... One of the only tribes that really talk about the Wendigo, as in to like people to write it down, because uh, a lot of the other tribes believe you talk about Wendigo and invokes it. Oh, okay. So the Algonquins were really the only one to start bringing it out. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so according to Algonquin World Edition, the Wendigo is a, car- or a cannibalistic monster that preys upon the weak and the socially disconnected. In other versions of the legend, it, uh, a human becomes a Wendigo. After his or her spirit is corrupted by greed or weakened by extreme conditions, such as cold and hunger. 
In other legends, uh, humans become Wendigos when possessed by the prowling spirit during the moments of weakness. Mm. So a lot of it talks about people getting lost in these storms, out these winter horrible winter storms, and the spirit is not physical yet. Yes. But it's it acts it makes noise and acts like it's following you like a creature and it's pushing you further and further away from salvation. Mm. And then basically when you get so desperate you accept the spirit to save you, and that's when it takes hold of you. Interesting. That's one version of the Wendigo. Interesting. The other is it's just a thing that exists. It almost reminds me of you ever hear people when they have like, I don't know, getting a really bad car accident and they're like basically dead and then they come back and they're just a whole different person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know it just made yeah, me think experiment. of something like that yeah or just just where it's like it's a whole another entity kind of took over mm-hmm. like the whole personality is different their whole demeanor yeah, is different. they're like oh okay so now i see what it was like then maybe i should change some things to change what i missed out on if i were to not survive right yeah yeah do you want to hear all the other names for Wendigo? Um, is one of them Wendigo? Is one of them when to stay Wendigo? No. Oh, uh, so there's the Wendigo. There's the Wheatenigo. Oh, Wheatenigo? There's the Wind in the Canook. There's the Wisnogo. The Wisnogo. <laughs> oh Your gosh. Your brain is exploding. It's like, well, it doesn't... They're using commas as letters. Oh, okay. And it's hard. It's hard to read that. Uh, the attach or the intench. Uh, the intench. I think that's how it's. The chinu. The kiwok. Yeah. Uh, and then those, they're all the same creature. Okay. Uh, and most of these are smaller subsets of Algonquin and other northern tribes. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That, that named it. Yeah. They have their own name for it. I thought maybe these were like subspecies of the original Wendigo. I mean, could be. You never know. All right, and then when we come back, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to go into uh, origins and history, talking about the Wendigo with uh, white settlers. All right, guys, we'll be right back. So we're going back with origins and history of the Wendigo, this horrifying cryptid and we're getting through this and we have some amazing stuff for the back half of this episode all right so the wendigo legends exist in mostly algonquin oral history for uh millennia uh long before europeans arrived in north america however the first european written accounts of the wendigo are by paul lejeune or lejeune i don't yeah i don't read french very well i'd say you're right with lejeune lejeune yeah uh a Judas a missionary who lived among the Algonquin people in the early 17th century in uh, what is now Quebec, basically. Okay. In the reports, uh, he, oh gosh, in the support, in the reports <laughs> to his supervisors in Paris in 1636, Lejeune wrote, a devilish woman added that, basically, the Wendigo, had eaten some Algonquins Algonquins? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, these are the tribes that live along the river in the area called Three Rivers. And he would eat uh, a great many more of them if they were not if they were not called elsewhere. But the Achench, some sort of werewolf is the little thing, would come in his place and devour them, even up to the French fort. 
and then he would slaughter the French themselves. Father Lejeune reported, uh, demonstrates that the 17th century Europeans believed that evil supernatural spirits just as strong as their First Nation counterparts. So basically everybody agreed that these things were real. Right, yeah. Um, where was I? Um, in fact... Oh, in fact, Father Lejeune's reports uh, predate the Salem witch trials by nearly 60 years. Missionaries in what uh, would become Canada continue to report legends of the Wendigo well into the 20th century. Stories could be found of the Western uh, frontier in the 1880s, or 1800s, sorry, along uh, uh, Plains indigenous people. But yeah, basically there's just stories all through there. And then it gets into some of the Cree legends uh, that three Cree men were killed uh, by their leader after he became a Wendigo. Oh, okay. And that's more of the Plains tribes, is the Cree. Oh, okay. So we talked a lot about history and how to become a, or and how the Wendigo legends kind of started. But how do you become a Wendigo? Well, I already know the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're asking. So but. the number one <laughs> legend is that cannibalism. cannibalism. Mm-hmm. That you have to consume flesh, and it's normally it's very similar to the Skinwalker, where it's somebody that's normally close to you or very loved to you. It's not normally a stranger, uh, but yeah, you have to, and then you start craving human flesh. This does sound something like spiritual, I guess. Yes, it's uh, the window goes definitely more other sidely than the woo side. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we call the other side? It's and almost the, like the upside down in the, Stranger Things. The you know, not from here. Yeah, the not from here. Yeah, we've said that before. We usually stick that with aliens, though. Don't know where they are. Just not from here. True. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. We'll flesh that out later. Another big cause of uh, when to go, you know, when to go spirit to take hold is incest. Hmm. So a lot of this, yeah, it's, it's a lot of these taboo kind of subjects that a lot of these Native American tribes did not want to talk about and wanted to discourage. Yeah. Basically, that's more of the boogeyman side of it. Okay. Is that, yeah, you'll become a Wendigo if you lay with your sister. Now, do you think these could be, like, just things that they pass down to make sure people just, to encourage them not to do these things? I think some of these, yes, because the next one is matricide, which is... Taking something out. Like organs, no, no, okay, that's a good no, guess. Matricide is killing your mother. Oh, that's a good guess. Then what was the organ when we were talking? Oh, eviscerate, eviscerate. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. come up later. Yeah, whoops, uh, <laughs> jump in the gun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good guess, though. Mm-hmm. That's close. No, matricide, yeah. killing your mother. Uh, and it's weird that the Native Americans and the uh, and Mexicans have that in common. Mm-hmm. Is it that like. The mother is like the the strongest member of the family, right? And that you know, killing your brother is not that big a deal versus killing your mother. Well, do a lot of them have the is it Oedipus? Oedipus? Com- oh yeah, complex. The, whether you like love your mother or something. I don't know. I think it's just more of how their their family units are structured. Yeah, yeah it's just like the mother figure. I mean, when you, I mean, there's a reason. Like when we start talking about a lot of these other Native American creatures. It's like the mother sturgeon, the mother salmon, the mother bear. Or shoot, even like and mother that's, earth. You that's know? always the, the leader or the overwatch. Right, of yeah. The rest of the species. Mm, the nurturer, the, yeah. the one that, yes, exactly. So the mother is very, very important to mm-hmm. their culture and their stories and their heritage. So, like, but for example, the Hispanics, specifically the Mexicans, 
there was one, I can't remember which place did a poll, but you had to save either your child, your mother, or your wife. Who would you save? And almost 99% of them picked their mother. Wow. Because there's the reason was I could have another wife and I have another kid. I can't have another mother. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's they got true. Mother's Day off. If you look, Mother's Day is a uh, like a, basically a national holiday in Mexico. Really? That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. They get off for work and stuff. They don't get Father's Day off. Wow. We need to adopt that here. We get Columbus Day off. Yeah. We should have Mother's Day off. But yes, yeah, so matricide. And then pretty much a lot of the other taboos or sins of most of these Native American cultures could say that, yes, you can become a Wendigo through that. Mm-hmm. But most of the true stories, well, what we're going to consider true stories of becoming a Wendigo are specifically with cannibalism. Mm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Zombies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing that people compare them to. is kind of like a Native American zombie, but they are a lot more uh, fierce. Yeah, than, than like what you think of when yeah. a half-dead or completely dead guy that's stumbling through town. That's, yeah. Versus well, a deer monster man that is a thousand times faster than you can mimic your voice. <laughs> And is incredibly strong. Yeah, a little different. Different kind of zombie yeah, here. Yeah, different kind of zombie. Just a tad. All right. It's just funny the way he like paused and was like, I, I, I didn't the know what you were saying. The wheels were turning. <laughs> he just said zombie. <laughs> he looked at me and said zombie. <laughs> zombie. Yeah, like it's zombie like, nation. Gotta, you're, not gi- you're not giving me any strings to connect open. anything, so I got to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, gosh. So how... Do you attract a Wendigo versus how a Wendigo attracts you? Oh. So Jay knows one, so go ahead. Whistling in the woods is a, a good way to get a Wendigo to find you. Which is news to me. But it also attracts puckwudgies. Which is also kind of news to me. Yeah, you knew about that one, though. More in recent times. Yeah, don't ever whistle in the woods. It invokes stuff. Dang. But it's you know actually, how it's, Jay is every time It's we calling stuff to you. I... I got. I know it stinks because I like whistling. Don't do it in the woods. That's how I express my thoughts in my head. So, one of so that's the being alone can also you know there's small groups. Oh gosh, it's really just being in their territories because even though they seem to be more when we're talking about the more spiritual that either if you're talking about the spirit of the Wendigo that's looking to infect somebody, mm-hmm. or if you're talking about the actual more flesh and blood side of it, yeah, you got to go into their territory. And, yeah, yeah okay. they don't come into towns until we talk about something later. Yeah, uh, they don't like they're out in the wilderness. They are wilderness spirits. They're wilderness things. They're wilderness uh, explorers. Mm. They are the epitome of starvation, isolation, fear. Uh, they are more of a basically a construct of basic emotions. Yeah, I can see that emotions. But they are physical. I believe they're. I when we get to it, well, they're physical versions the, of those. The mind creates reality, and you could manifest these things into reality with your mind. If Save you're, that for later. Okay. Because yeah, you're on it. Yeah, just saying. But yeah, so that's how you attract a Wendigo, if you'd ever want to do such a thing. Right. Yeah. I also heard this story, and we didn't talk about it before, but about this kid making like a little sigil thing out in the woods, and then he went back. And when he went back to just check out the area, there was a figure standing in the spot where he made it in the woods. And it was super tall, like 10 feet tall, but it had its back facing to him. And he was on camera. He filmed it. So I don't know if it was a hoax or not, but he like kind of went up to the edge of the woods and he's seen it in there. And he's like, uh, uh, 
I'm not going. I'm, I don't know what that is, but I'm not going back in there and turning left. So it, it was weird. There's some stories that, especially newer Wendigos. Yeah. Like newer infected people, if you want to look at it like that, still hold a little bit of humanity. And they have these weird little moments of still being human. Hmm. Okay. And like, there's a couple of stories, which I don't have written down or nothing, but they let people get away. Yeah. Or they stop for a second and you kind of see the spark of humanity just for a second. Hmm. Like they're still back in they're they're in the passenger seat and the, the creatures in the driver's seat. Ah. They can still grab the wheel for a second. Right. Or pump the brakes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just for a second. Like the driver instructors with the extra brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. All right. But I'm trying to think there was one where he got away from one. It stopped chasing him just for a second. Hmm. And it's, that's what he said. It seemed like it was like the person came back. Yeah. Just for a second. And then uh, there's another story. If you know their name, too, you can have power over them or get them to stop or leave you alone. Oh, you wow. Know their human name. I, there was one woman that had a, this was in Alaska. It had a person, they had a Winnego stock on their property. They seen it. But an old man had disappeared on the same property like 20 or 30 years ago. Oh. And it had her cornered one night. And she, so first she basically, they had footprints over the roof of the house, big like Sasquatch-like footprints over the house and all over the yard, snowing and stuff like that. Yep. And then one night it had her cornered out by the outhouse. And she said the guy's name. And it stopped, and it just slowly backed up and disappeared, and it never bugged her again. Huh, wow. And so is that actually having power over it, or did she remind it? Yeah, exactly. Of who you are. She brings a little humanity back into yeah, it. Like, yeah, like, Andrew, stop. And yeah. it's like, oh, my name's Andrew. Oh, it's yeah. that, that little spark of humanity. It's like, oh, crap. So you, you, you hear that a lot of just having these little... So as far as your kid with a sigil, yeah, I could see that maybe he was being stalked, and then just seeing the kid play with sticks, or whatever he built the sigil with, mm-hmm. just looking at it, like, yeah. See, I don't know if he summoned it or if it was just checking out what he was doing. See, I think it's more just checking out what he was doing. Yeah, it was. It was weird. They're I mean, weird. There, there's a lot of. We'll get to it at the end, but I'm really split in the way to go of being a more spiritual or more flesh and blood or mix or whatever they are. Yeah. Because there's a there's a, a secret component we have for the end of this. Okay. Let's so it's it's just weird. There's a lot of weird stuff with the Wendigo. Well let's cross we'll cross that bridge mm-hmm. when it, the time comes. So how a Wendigo attracts you. This is one of the scariest parts of the Wendigo in my in my mind. How it attracts like a human being? Yeah. How it lures you. Oh uh, okay. and that's actually actually the same lady I told you about in Alaska the first part of her story uh-huh. is she let her dog out. And uh, so this is late at night in Alaska. Uh, she's young. This is just within the last 30 or 40 years. So not super old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she let her dog out. It's late at night. And she heard Carol. It was her husband talking. And he was in the woods. And she's like, oh, what is he? he I thought he was inside. Is he getting more wood? Or you know? So the dog was like not wanting to go in the woods. And which didn't surprise her. I can't remember the whole part of that story, but it wasn't weird for the dog not to want to go in the woods. Okay. And so she walked in the woods a little bit and uh, she heard it behind her again. And then it was, it kept, every time she turned, she kept hearing it behind her. Mm. And then she looked back at her house and seen her husband walk past the window inside. Oh, wow. And so she just faced the woods and walked backwards. And then they started having tracks come up around the house 
And then that's, you know, that's how the end of the story I already told you. Huh. Where she got power over it. Yeah, yeah. But they literally mimic, especially people you know's voices. Right, yeah. To lure you in deeper. See, I thought it would be And that's like... always, it's deeper and deeper and deeper in. And then it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They, it's Part of the Wendigo is the game, it seems like. And I'll tell you more about that here in the Wendigo hunting practices. Mm, okay. Because they definitely have an MO. Yeah. Uh, it's not just a straight up. Most of the time, depends on what stage a Wendigo. Uh, it, most of the time, it's not just to kill you. Like they a straight up mauling. Yeah. And they want you scared. Eviscerating. They want, it's you know, but yeah, the lure. And mimicking voices is always one of the things that creeped me out about several of these uh, paranormal things or cryptids or whatever that can mimic so perfectly. Right. like Kind of like Bigfoot. There's mm-hmm. stories. There's some stories of that. Yeah. Uh, but the Wendigo does it expertly. Mm. And once again, another Skinwalker connection. Skinwalkers do the same thing. Mm. Uh, they'll lure you in. And that animals believe it too and stuff like that. Like, uh, it would, like... Skinwalker specifically will cult dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. So will Bigfoot. Okay. Especially the Brown property has famous uh, it calling the dogs in, mm. in her husband's voice. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's craziness. Uh, so, but Wendigo is, seems to be much more uh, malevolent with it. Yeah. They want you in the woods deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's because they're, well, we'll get into it. But uh, Wendigo fear fire. And they fear bright lights. Okay. They're almost always seen either at night or in severe snowstorms. And they're terrified of fire. And actually, the only time... So, Wendigos are supposedly invincible until you uh, burn them. And then that either... So, some stories say that that area becomes weak to damage. Or it takes off their special shield. Uh, Some people believe that it's because they're actually living corpses... So when they get hot, they start decomposing faster. Hmm. So you're weakening them to that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think on that? Well, it kind of sounds like gremlins. You don't. They don't like bright light. I don't know about watering them after midnight, but. What do you think, Em? <laughs> they sound very nocturnal. They definitely are. Yeah. So it'd just be easier to not go out at night. Yeah, but if you're. Most of the time, these people they're hunting are woodsmen and stuff that have to. Got no choice, yeah. yeah. I guess. Or Native Americans that, that live out there. Yeah, their home is there. Yeah. They don't okay, got, okay. They don't got a big fence. <laughs> Wendigo will stay on that side of the fence. Right, and he'll listen. We know they he will. Listen. There's a minefield on this side of the fence. I don't think that'll affect them too much. I don't know. I think they can be blown up, like, into I, the air. I True. Wonder. Blown apart. Well, they probably could be if they're explosions fire i mean you know it's that might just be the way to go so one of the big questions with the fire and the heat and stuff is they're scared in heat of heat in general mm-hmm. they don't normally get near campfires they don't go into houses mm, okay uh they do not like the warmth uh so here's the big question do windows hibernate oh i want to think so huh i think so I, yeah that's what most of the big consensus is is that they actually uh during the summer or warm months they go somewhere there seems to be almost no Wendigo activity. What do you think, like north? That or in caves or oh, they okay. stop existing. That's what some people think is like. Like they just leave this realm? Yeah, they're literally winter things. Yeah, I could see that. And they have to be here during the winter. Or else they wouldn't survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would suck if you like, I don't know, if we could, if we had the ability to go to another planet, just like, you know, at the snap of a finger. 
you show up there in summer and you just literally melt to death. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. What if Whoops. Through portals? Huh? What if it goes through portals? That's what some people think. That's a good. That's a good thought. It's the. They just leave here. They don't know really where they go. Like I said, some people other dimensions. They're not people, from here. Yeah, they're not from here. Uh, but some people think they even go down deep underground and actually bury themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a couple. I think it's Scandinavia has legends of these kind of like living corpses. Oh, okay. Bury themselves during the summer. And that, oh gosh, it's so weird. But that's what they think that the Wendigo might do. Is it literally right, just yeah. it, bar- it gets close to the permafrost layer and just buries itself mm-hmm. and waits for winter to come back mm-hmm. around? Interesting. No wonder why they're so hungry. Are they ever seen in the same areas as Bigfoot? Save that. Notes. Good thought. Yes, put it on the notepad. You don't have to. <laughs> no, it's coming. I'm air scribbling. It's coming. <laughs> I already told Jay to drop it once. Oh, I didn't know we were I thinking know. the same thing. I th- yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the big reveal. Anyways, uh, when to go hunting practices. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've already, well, I guess before I get into the Wendigo hunting practice, uh, one of the things is that the people that believe Wendigo either grow to the meat they eat, so every pound they eat, they grow a pound, so they don't actually gain. That's why they're incredibly hungry, is that they're always they're always in starvation mode. And animals in starvation mode, if we want to look at it more like an animal, are insane. Yeah. Like, even people. Oh, yeah. When you're that low, you have to eat. Absolutely. And that's when animals become their most dangerous. And people too. And, and we're animals. When your body is in critical starvation, and I don't mean hungry. Hangry is what Be- you mean. People don't understand what actual, especially in this country, don't understand what starvation feels right, like. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, something I've never experienced, and, mm-hmm. but it's it's more of the lizard part of your brain coming out. Just kicks in. It's like, oh no, we're eating. Whether it's Johnny, yeah, I mean, or, at that point, it's like we're or eating your own fingers. No, I, yeah, there was, uh, I think somebody in the Donner party, which we talked about earlier, not on air, ate their own feet. Woo! That's a, I can do that to myself. Not, I mean, you've never been that hungry. I mean, I'd rather lump off part of my thigh or calf or something. My feet. Uh, in the 1700s, when it's Definitely cold. Definitely not Dustin. <laughs> exactly. I would, I would rather die. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but um so these wendigo are constantly craving human flesh especially the cannibals when mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're constantly looking for people to eat uh but the hunting the hunting practice of wendigo so a lot of times uh wendigo if you some of the legends say that they can get you to take their curse for them like they trick you like so they'll chase you and make you frightened and make you desperate and keep you lost in the storm for as long as they can, but they're also fighting their own nature at this point. Mm, okay. So they're trying not to eat you, but keep you lost and starving until you do one of the great sins. Mm. But at the whole time, they're wanting, they're still having their sin, their their curse is wanting to eat you. Right. So it's kind of this whole game of chasing you and keeping you desperate and then going insane. Mm-hmm. And then you'll take the curse and they get to be free. So if when they're free, what does that mean? Uh, they get to go to their afterlife. Okay. The person's already dead. I was but just, the yeah, spirit I was, is locked in that, the Wendigo body. Gotcha. See, I was wondering if that person just came back. No. Like Greg that went missing 20 years ago. No, some of these Wendigo are purported to be, you know, hundreds of years old. Okay. And it's basically, it's a, it's a curse that there's X amount of Wendigo spirits, and you have to break the curse and... Pass it along. Yeah. It's always, yeah. 
And then there's the other side, which we'll talk about here in a minute. If you kill Wendigo, there's there's protocol with that too. Uh, but so a lot of this, but newer Wendigos, it seems like younger. If you want to say younger or newer or they seem to just go and kill people. Like they they just it, this uh, the hunger is too strong. Right. I was just gonna say the urge is too much. Yeah. So they just go on like ber- berserker rampage. Yeah. Killing everybody and this slowly. So most of the time. It's reported that when you go start as people, like normal people, and they slowly turn into those creatures. Hmm. So the more foreign a Wendigo looks, the longer it's been a Wendigo, and the more it's oh, killed. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's still like, I don't know, going on today where people are. We'll get to it. But I think it is. Okay. I think, I think it so, still happens, especially out in what well, we'll talk about the two hot spots for Wendigos. Let's legends just never die. Hot spot, wink. Hot spot. Big foot hot spot. Well, it's actually cold because Wendigos can't handle the heat. Ah, <laughs> but um, it's not. The wait, yeah. Hot spot. There we go. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the whole point. And when they're hunting you, it's like it's weird because they're also fighting their nature a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a battle of wills at that point. Uh, yes, it's between you and it. Mm-hmm. But either way, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The outcome is you out, you outlive but, the starvation. But, but and stuff. can you win? Oh, against one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you have a flaming sword. Oh, I'm glad you asked, Jay. You're, <laughs> you're supposed to ask. Oh, what? How do, How do you, you win? kill a Wendigo? How do you kill a Wendigo? Thank you, Emily. You're oh, welcome. I jumped the gun. I'll be here all day. Well, you already mentioned fire earlier. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. Yeah, so... Although a Wendigo is a fearsome opponent, they are not impossible to defeat. It is said that there are several measures you can take to protect yourself against one. Uh, the first thing you can do is build a large fire. According to the legends, Wendigos will do everything in their power to avoid fire, uh, possibly because it's uh, their hearts or their skin are made of ice, like we talked about the rotting corpse. Ooh, yeah. They think that that's uh, the analogy, that is that they're actually rotting. Mm-hmm. So they need to be frozen so they don't go well, yeah, they don't rot away. Uh, a Wendigo can be harmed by fire, and their wounds will heal very quickly, though, and they'll become more angry and more fearsome the more you hurt them. No, it sounds like you need more fire. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's uh, shot to the heart. You have to get a Wendigo's heart. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the only organ that's supposed to be left in their body. Oh, so interesting. it's like the, perhaps the Caribbean, the octopus. Jamie, yeah. Davy Jones. Yeah. Davy Jones, if you get his heart or whatever, yes, it's very similar. in the box. And there's amulets mm. and charms to help ward off the, the evil spot, spirits. So. That's similar to what a good legend, too. There's amulets and mm. uh, charms that they can give you to ward off the spirit to kind of keep them away. It's not 100%, but you, it lets you walk through their territory most of the time without being bothered. Okay. Uh, and there's areas that a lot of these tribes know that are Wendigo territories. Wendigos like- are very territorial. They don't... Some are migratory, it seems like, or not migratory, wanderers. Yeah. Others are very set in this area. I was going to say bound to and that it's normally spot. their old homes. Right, exactly, yeah. And it seems to be that last fringe of people left in them where they're like, oh, this is where I lived. Right, yeah, you don't so leave here. So they keep coming back. Hmm. Like there's a, Maybe they have Wendigo rules, too. There could be. I think it's more of the, the people inside still hanging on. Yeah. That the, the animal versus them... They're like, well, this is where I live. This is where we're staying. I wonder if it's too like a spirit, and then when it mixes with a human being, it becomes the animal. It becomes it's the flesh mix. and blood. It's, yeah. I think it's a mix. So it's not actually an animal. Like, I, like, there's two people in the driver's seat. 
Yeah, yeah. There's the evil spirit that wants death incarnate. And then there's the vessel. And then there's you. Yeah. And you can't grab the wheel. Like you said, you can kind of pump the brakes every once in a while. Right, yeah. But, so, to harm, like I said, to harm a Wendigo, you have to strike with fire first. Then it's, then you can hit it with conventional weapons. Mm -hmm. To kill one, you can strike its heart. But it's still just as dangerous after you kill the, the physical form. Because uh, then the spirit will try to hold on to you. Grab someone. It will. The yeah. spirit, uh, there's X number of Wendigo spirits. How do you um, kill a Windows, Wendigo you spirit? It's impossible? It's impossible. Mm. So most of the time, people try to catch one alive. Uh, so there's a lot of stories of catching them in caves and like like drop-offs and mm-hmm. pits and keeping them, burying them alive. Mm. Or keeping them locked in the bottom of a cave. Um because you can't kill, you can never get rid of a Wendigo spirit. That's why they're so dangerous. Interesting. Even if you are strong enough to actually corner one, burn it a little bit, so you can you can get to its heart, mm-hmm. they can still infect you immediately after. They will try to grab onto you. Interesting. Okay. And if you're strong enough not to get possessed, they'll go to the next person. They will find somebody. I know who can stop them. Let's hear it. You need the Ghostbusters and their proton packs. There you go. Suck it all up. It's a long walk into Canada. The car ain't making it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so like there's a lot of these stories that people keep keeping windows alive oh yeah because it's just easier so the spirit don't escape yeah. someone new yeah yeah because you can keep the physical form locked in a box or something like that you know in a cave drop off or the shaft or whatever right yeah and it doesn't go anywhere you know it's new you know it's there but one day you look in the hole and it's not there that's that's when it's a problem that's yeah a bad day. but if you kill it there's still a problem because the spirit's roaming around and then it's gonna become one of your villagers and then you're not going to know who it is for a while. Until it starts eating and killing again. Or until it starts looking. Like, it takes a lot of kills for it to start looking oh, weird. Oh, so gotcha. So, do they fall, like, certain animals where they have to, like, they can only be out doing stuff so many times a year? It seems to be they have, uh, and so, most of the legends say when the first snow falls to the last snow melts. Well, shoot, that can be any time now. Especially in Canada, or we're going to talk about some parts of the U.S. Yeah. That it's, that they're more spiritual than that, than animals. It's literally, Wendigo season is from the first snowflake to the last one to melt. Mm. And then, especially, their high, their high times are blizzards. Uh, and some people think the windows cause blizzards. Some people think that they actually uh, just take it to their advantage, because these climates are going to have blizzards. Right, yeah. I could see both ways. Yeah. I agree. I I don't know which one it is, but they definitely are extremely more active in blizzards. blizzards, and they try to lure you away and stuff like that. And that's what they think. Though it's they're just using it more as cover mm-hmm. because they call your butt in your buddy's voice. You know, hey over here, hey we're over here, hey we're over here, and lure you further and further. But it always seems they can't mimic a whole conversation. It seems to be like phrases. Yeah, just like a parrot kind of talking. Would you follow my voice into this blizzard? No. What if you were lost in the blizzard? You don't know where you're going. Oh, well. You would follow him. I know you would. Mm-hmm. You'd be like... I don't follow him now. Well, if you were lost in the blizzard... Like, he has threatened to put me in one of them little harness backpacks. I, <laughs> like the little kids at the, mm, at yeah. the theme parks? Walks away constantly. <laughs> and then I can't find her. Like and You gotta keep mm-hmm. pulling her back in. <laughs> Rain it in. <laughs> so what do you think about killing a Wendigo? So... I you better come equipped with a bow and arrow, and some fuel, maybe some pine tar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Napalm. 
Yeah. Light the end of it. Napalm would be a pretty good weapon. Light it on fire and just... Sticky fire. Yeah, fire it right at him. It's your best bet. And then Mm -hmm. follow it up with a big old knife. Magnesium flare. Ooh, there we go. Because it can't put it out with the snow. No, it can't. Tungsten flare. Is that even a thing? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Magnesium burns like super hot and it burns underwater. Oh, okay. Then yeah, we'll use that. All right, so we got it. Let's build a indigo defense kit. Killing them is is a just as big an issue. Yeah, I know. That's not killing them. You get yeah, yeah. What's worse, actually? If you miss, oh crap! They want so the guy inside wants you to kill it. Yeah. And there's there's there. I can't remember which story it was with the Wendigo, but it it actually opened up its defenses the last for the last arrow, and that's what they another one of those stories that maybe the person taking control for a second. Like, there was a Native American warrior fighting one, and it let him shoot it in the chest. Oh, really? Just turned to face the bullet. Yeah. Because that's all it could do really quick. Hmm, interesting. Uh, they're extremely good fighters. Uh, they're just beasts. Uh, they, they look like they're starving, but they're incredibly strong. I wonder if that was the inspiration for, like, the Demogorgon and the Stranger Things, too. The stuff like this, I'm sure, is these kind of creatures. Because it's, yeah, it's tall. It's got kind of whitish skin. But it's just the head's completely different. But mm-hmm. it all it wants to do is eat people. Very aggressive. And it hates fire. Hmm. So anything else before we move on to some sightings? Um, nope. Just carry a flaming sword or bow and arrow with you at all times for going to the woods. Mm-hmm. And if you're prone to whistling. All right. So I'm going to have you read this, Jay. Okay. So it's the bottom of that paper. So we got mo- oh modern sightings. And then so this is from read what website it's from. Wisconsinfright.com. All right. So it's so this is the next paper and it starts that's the front. Okay. And then this paper we're on air and then that. Mm-hmm. But I need the back of that one when you're done. You need the back of this one? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, All right. So modern sightings. And who's this by? Um an email from a distressed Oh, up by the title. It says what website? Oh, Wisconsin Fright. Wisconsin Fright. Yep, I said I said that already. Did you? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. I don't know. I was just trying to say something, but I got nothing to come to mind. All right. So here's the email. I recently received a distressed email from a man named David W., who, along with his wife, had an encounter with something they could not explain. Maybe a Wendigo? That was... In the parentheses. Last month in Manitowoc, Manitowoc, is that how you say that? I think so. County, Wisconsin. They were hunting in Point Beach State Forest in two rivers where they moved only a few months prior and were unfamiliar with the area. Me and my wife were walking a bridal trail, um, bow hunting in Nipissing Swamp State Natural Area when we started to feel like we were being watched. David kept it to himself, however, and they continued walking the trail until they reached a point in the path where it branched off to the right, and the snowmobile trail went to the left. I went to that corner um, the last few days, but always stopped because I just had an odd feeling about continuing forward, David said. Um, They had just moved to Two Rivers a few months ago and weren't familiar with the area. They had just started hunting there a few days prior. The odd feeling had been enough to convince David to turn back on previous excursions. This time, though, something would convince him to ignore that feeling and go further. As David and his wife reached the fork, something not far off the trail ran off through the woods. It seemed so big, I felt it in the ground, David noted. 
Believing it must be a large buck, the couple proceeded down the trail, hoping to get a glimpse of it. They found it about 50 yards up, where the trail opened up into a stand of tall pine trees. Um, it was behind a tree, and the first appeared to be a bear. At first, appeared to be a bear standing on its back legs, scratching its back against the tree trunk. I kept stepping to the side, and I could see what looked like to be a shoulder and a really long arm. David said, but it looked really black, like really black. Then it did something funny. Also. Almost like it got down on all fours, and I thought, I thought I saw what would be its head, but it was very oddly shaped, almost like a football, like a football. Oh, a football butt horizontal with very long ears pointing up in the back, and I thought what I believed to be a very long, almost grayish hair. David estimated the creature to be eight to ten feet tall, with long, thin, gangly arms. He and his wife watched it briefly, unable to understand what they were looking at. Then it took three large steps and disappeared into the underbrush. They slowly walked towards the tree where the creature had been standing, where they saw very large impressions in the ground. David thought maybe it had been another hunter dressed in a ghillie suit, though he knew it was way too tall to be a human. Hello? He said quietly. There was no response. He called out a few more times, but there was only silence. We decided we better get out of there because it was starting to get dark, and we were both pretty freaked out, David wrote. All the way back, it felt like somebody was trailing us alongside the trail, um, keeping up with us as we walked very fast. And um, I, that was the first story, I believe, here. There's another one. Oh, no, this is a... Con okay, never mind. This continues on even further. Um, about a quarter mile from the road where their vehicle was parked, David and his wife walked out to the forest into a field. They saw a deer there standing sideways out in the open. A perfect shot. They had come out to hunt after all, so David raised his bow and knocked an arrow. I use lighted knocks so you can see the trajectory of my arrow, David said. When I shot, you could see that I shot low and I heard something like my arrow hitting something, but I wasn't sure if I hit the deer. Or not. So we walked over there to see, walked over there and started to look for my arrow, still constantly watching it around near us, and we couldn't find the arrow anywhere. And then David then spotted the glowing knock about 20 to 30 yards back towards the woods in the path. My arrow was stuck basically vertically in the ground, except for leaning the opposite way I shot, um, which to me and my wife seemed impossible that my arrow could be the way it was in the ground as they made their way back towards the road a strong odor filled the air i smelled the most horrible smell i've ever smelled in my life like rot and mud and sulfur a nasty smell that just went right in my face been there before my wife smelled it as well and later described it as a very strong metallic odor of metal that's interesting um, they hurried back to their vehicle and went home, but that night still haunts David. I am, very av I am a very avid bow hunter, and I have spent most of my life out in the woods, he wrote. I have never encountered anything like this or have felt like the feeling I felt when I was out there. The experience has left David feeling uneasy about going back into the woods and is questioning whether he will go out hunting again. He's hoping to find answers. A Wendigo in Manitowoc County for... Wendigo Fest. 
Oh, I think we're on to the next yeah, little thing. That's it. Yeah, sorry. So that's a whole David mm-hmm. experience. A few things there, though, mm-hmm. that I had to note. When he said it went down on all fours, that was a very, like, Bigfoot-esque kind of behavior, which is kind but of strange. Thin, lanky, jet black, long ears. Different. I mean, I could see the lanky and the black still being Bigfoot-esque, but the thin, yeah, that's different. Gray hair on the back of the head. Okay. Oh, we could see that. Well, skunk had, it's, like, gray it's very, on their back. It's very, it's very, but the big ears? Yeah, that's different, 100% different. No one ever describes Bigfoot as having the big ears or anything. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's just no neck and a cone head. What do you think? I mean, it's a scary experience. The arrow thing's kind of strange with it being mm-hmm. it stuck in the ground in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand what he, like, if the Wendigo was the deer I don't know if I think it, the Wendigo was the deer, but he like it just didn't make that didn't make any era. sense to me. Like almost, oh, maybe what I'm kind of picturing, maybe he th- seen this deer, took a shot at it. The Wendigo knocked it out of the air. That or the deer was the Wendigo disguising itself, like watching them, like setting itself up. Like here's the perfect deer. This is why you're here. Come out and come get me. And then oh, he went out looking lure. for his arrow, and it, it was funny. luring him. And then he seen his arrow pointing the other way, maybe to. Get his curiosity going to get him mm. to lure him out even more. It's it's a weird story. Very weird. Any other comments before? Just weird. Just weird. No. Just weird. Strange, but I mean, some supernatural stuff seemed to be going on. Then the smell was very unique. Yeah, yeah. Metal. I haven't heard that before. It's. I'm assuming like welding shop metal. Yeah. Like the smell of hot metal. Mm-hmm. Which is a very unique smell. Right. Yeah. It definitely is. But I've never heard it. Described with a like one of these cryptids or any sort of creature before, so that's new. That's something new to put in the old bank. And then, all right, next part is one of the 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 biggest and weird parts of the whole Wendigo thing. Ooh, Wendigo psychosis. And before I get into this, we're going to have a gore warning. Official, this is your warning. Uh, These stories are brutal. Uh, They involve a lot of cannibalism, and they're very graphic. Warning, warning, warning. Mm-hmm. You may want to skip ahead. L- little ears be advised. Yes. All right, so Wendigo psychosis is a term given to people who experience some sort of psychological breakdown caused by the crave for human flesh, even though they have access to other food supplies in most cases. After first tasting human flesh, victims of Wendigo psychosis are unable to eat any other food other than human flesh. They seem to have, uh, they seem to be in their own minds as these invincible man-eating monsters and can't be satisfied by anything but human flesh. This illness was thought to occur in, peop- in people that were exposed to a uh, malevolent spirit of the Wendigo and was f- uh, more feared than death itself. In fact, it is often considered to be a, a better to kill oneself than to succumb to the cannibalistic desires in risk of becoming a Wendigo. Mm. Those who seek treatment are, are often fed large quantities of hot fat and grease in hopes of these proteins that would satisfy the victim's cravings. If the cravings couldn't be satisfied, uh, the perceived Wendigo is often exterminated. Mm. Shot in the head. Oh, this is way before a lot of the air, like bullets. Okay, arrow to the head. Yeah. But, so Wendigo psychosis... Uh, like we talked about cabin fever. So cabin fever is caused by two parts. Isolation, food deprivation, hmm. even though food is available. So the biggest thing for cabin fever is rabbits. People, it's most of the mammal that's available in the winter 
Rabbits have almost no fat, so it takes more energy to digest them by themselves than it does get out of it. So your body, when you're eating nothing but rabbits, say you get one rabbit, you're actually using more energy than you're gaining, so you're still hungry. You're hungrier. The next day you kill two rabbits and three rabbits and four rabbits. You're getting hungrier the more you eat. And you know where I learned that from? Hmm. Les Stroud. Really? Survivor Man, he talked about it. He called it protein poisoning. Yeah, don't eat, don't eat rabbits. Right, yeah. By themselves. Right, by themselves, yep. And like... A lot of people use like that's why rabbits are often cooked with potatoes, so you mm. don't die. Mmm, delicious. Uh, but so that's what cabin fever is caused by. It causes you to go insane. It's food in isolation caused insanity. Yes. Wendigo psychosis is a step past that. Okay. So I got three stories for you. All three actually happened. All three are horrible. Oh, let's do it then. Okay. So the first guy we're going to talk about is Swift Runner. I'm going to read his little story, and then I'll re-explain some parts of it. Um, Swift Runner, uh, also known as Kia Sika Kachin. Oh, that guy. Is also known as Swift Runner. Okay. Uh, and he was a member of the, the Plains Cree tribe in the Canadian province of Alberta. He was a popular amongst his tribe members in uh, the Northwest Monument Police. Or Mount, the Northwest Mounted Police, sorry. For those who acted, he acted as a guide on multiple occasions. So he was a nice man. Every report said he was a super nice guy. Uh, he would go out of his way to help the mounted police and search and rescues and stuff like that. Okay. Not an evil man in what any shape or form. Right. Uh, by the time he committed his horrible acts of madness, he was married and a father of six kids. Okay. Family man. Mm-hmm. Nothing can go wrong here. Mm-hmm. Shortly before the winter of 1878 into 1879, Swift Warner had become an alcoholic. And his, vi- and his violent binges caused him to be fired from the Northwest Mounted Police and expelled by his tribe. Mm. So he started to have, some people think, his own uh, mental ungivings. Um, just due to all of the... Alcohol can well, do that. See, they, were, they weren't sure. Like, some people I've heard said the alcoholism was a, a side effect of what was going on mentally. Mm-hmm. Another say that the, what was going on mentally was a side effect of the alcoholism. Mm, interesting. So, well, it's I can, the chicken or the egg kind of deal. I, and well, I can only say alcohol did not make anything better. Let's just put it that Correct. way. As a result, he moved his family alongside with his mother-in-law and his brother-in-law into a remote camp into the wilderness for the winter. And they were just... And this sounds strange. It's not as strange in this day. Keep in mind, this is the 1800s. Right. Different world then. They had to move away to keep a food population. Mm, okay. Because you can't live too close to somebody else in the wilderness because you're eating the same food sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happened to Swift Runner over the winter. Uh, he be- uh, Because when he returned to civilization months and months later, he was alone. He told a Catholic priest uh, from the missionary that he had submitted, or that he stumbled into that, or, yeah, he stumbled into that his family had starved to death over the winter, but he himself was still well over 200 pounds and appeared to be perfectly healthy. Hmm. Uh, so starving to death in this winter was not the odd thing. Right. Uh, people would come back after the winter months when they get back into town and would look like zombies. Like gangly and... Yeah, zombies. Yeah. I mean, they would literally have no muscle mass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he did not. He, he looked, looked still fit and healthy. Fishy. Uh, when he eventually brought them back to camp, they understood why. So basically this town, especially this priest, was really questioning what happened to his family. And once again, it wasn't a weird thing to have your whole family die in the winter because kids were weak, women mm-hmm. were weaker. And then, I mean, just it was a fact at the time. 
So they were the ones to die first, normally. So men would often come back without their families after these super, super hard winters. Uh, but the priest was not liking how he looked. He looked... Too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had a whole group of people go up there. They would show them where the... Uh, and they wanted to see where the families, were, where all the people were buried and stuff like that. They just like, well, just show us where everybody's buried. But yeah, so when the priest and, this, and a couple police and a couple of the towns got to the camp, they were littered with human bones, completely stripped of meat, cracked open with marrow sucked clean. Oh, wow. Uh, many were disgustingly un- unidentifiable as human. Most of these were just bone fragments. Yeah. Piles of just bone fragments to get every bit of marrow out. Uh, a pot full of human fat sat next to the remains on the fire. Swiftwinter had killed them all and feasted on their flesh. He literally had fat and bones in this pot to make everything he cooked taste like human. Oh, my gosh. Stone stew. I've heard of our hobo stew. Something like that with the stone. Keep adding to it. Maybe, yeah. So he tried to explain that he... uh initially only meant to eat his eldest son, whom he'd slaughtered to feed the rest of the group. But when he committed the first Harris act, the Wendigo spirit overtook him. Hmm. Uh, Swift Runner had, was tried and executed for his crimes in the late uh, 1879, less than a year after, he mur- after all the murders. His tribements buried him in the great distance from, the, uh, from any sort of civilization, fearing that the spirit that he had possessed would uh, resurrect him and kill again, or infect another person. Yeah. But others weren't convinced that the Wendigo had anything to do with any of these crimes. After all, Swift Runner had developed a violent drinking problem after long before he took his family into the forest. And many believed that he used the Wendigo uh, legend as an excuse for his terrible deeds to help not get executed. Well, that, that didn't help. To this day, only one thing's really sure. He was just a terrible man. He was mentally ill, or, or or so one thing's really sure he was just a terrible man. But was he mentally ill, or was he really meant, uh, really a piece of the Wendigo mm-hmm. inside him during that long cold winter? So, yeah, uh, one so uh, thing like one day he was kind of fine, and he went out to the woods and he got lost for three days mm-hmm. out in a snowstorm, and that's when he came back and the murders kind of started, and he had food. But he told them they were out of food. And what they suspect, they told me he was out of food. Yeah. And then he literally killed his son outside. So it was an accident, but he used it to feed him. And then he kept taking... So they found out that each person... He didn't kill them all at once. Yeah. He was literally taking one person outside at a time to kill, eat, and then come back inside. And then he'd take another one outside, kill, eat, come back inside. And he started with his oldest son. And I think he got his wife, his brother-in-law, his mother-in-law... And then all the kids. So he went on a binger. Six months of eating eight people. Good Lord. But like, how did they not notice? Oh, something's fishy. He was the, the, he was the only strong man of the family. And to keep in mind, this is, a lot, this is a long time ago. This is a very different mindset. He was the, the whole thought power of the whole family. Yeah. What he said went. His decisions were went, and then by the time they probably realized something was happening, they're stuck in the middle of the woods, in the middle of one of the worst winters of the 1800s, with a maniac. So if you if you spoke out against him, he'd probably kill you right there. So 
who knows if they're trying to play the cards right. You know, that's yeah. the stories of dead people we'll never know. Right, exactly. Who knows? Maybe they fought back. Maybe uh, they realized. Maybe once one of them started to ask questions, that's when they went on the hunting trip with him and they came back dead. Or and it was probably it could have been so cold we could have just wiped him out and buried him in the snow. They couldn't leave. Yeah, they literally couldn't leave. It's they're miles, miles out in the Canadian wilderness, in a in the middle of winter and one of the worst blizzard years. I would, you know, what I would have done? Hmm. Been eaten? Well, no, I would have had a bucket of water on top of the door, so when he came in, it spilled on him. I just would have pranked him. And then, yeah, and then there was some. There's some stories, depending on which thing you want to believe. That he wouldn't let them have fires anymore inside. Oh, well, that seems very Wendigo-ish. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or he's just trying to weaken them. Mm-hmm. And that, that both are accurate statements. Yeah, true, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have dumped bucket of water on his head and then kicked him out and had him freeze out there. Not even a Wendigo. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Maybe they did try that. You probably made him stronger. Yeah. Oh, shoot. See, I, just, I would have dug my own grave. Yes. So that's one of the... <laughs> I have two more after that, but Swift Runner is one of the first ones that Wendigo was used as a cause. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about that story? That's a crazy story. There's still, I think there's a couple of news articles from this time from the Canadian Mounted Police that's like, we know this happened. Yeah. Like this isn't one of these legends and stuff like that. We know he killed his whole family. Uh, It's documented. And then like a lot of the stories said he was in town for a couple of weeks before they went back out to the cabin. Oh, Okay. And they just said he wouldn't write. Like, he would just sit at the bar, and he would drink. He wouldn't talk to anybody. He looked healthy, but there was something about his face and stuff. He just looked like he wasn't there. Well, maybe he got possessed by it, you know, in that That's time. what some people think, is that he uh, he was in the process of becoming this thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened that started it, you know? There's all kinds. Of, was it cabin fever? Mm. And But like I said, this camp had food right yeah they weren't they weren't they they probably i think one report said they were gonna run out of food eventually it looked like from what stores they had reported Mm -hmm. and stuff they weren't running out of food that day no not with there being dead bodies and boiled no i'm saying before he started killing oh gotcha they still had plenty of supplies they probably would have ran out all winter yeah uh so they would but most time they would wait for a break in the like a light week or so in the storm and go into town to resupply or Mm -hmm. go get go hunt an elk or a moose yeah but yeah, it's a scary one. What do you think, Em? I think it's scary. I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good commentary. I'd be like, mm, sorry, Dad. I don't think this camping trip's going to work. And then he'd bash you in the head with a uh, oh, the, about the axe. I wouldn't, yeah. even, <laughs> eat the bone marrow. I wouldn't even go to begin with. Oops. Sorry. Jesus, Jay. Sorry, my leg itched. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next one. Jack Fiddler, Ooh. the Wendigo Killer. Oh, okay. Wee. He needs his own movie already. Put mm-hmm. on the roof. So Swift Runner isn't the only man in history to have extended his beliefs in the legend of this most terrifying reality. Bum, bum, bum. Jack Fiddler. He was born a Zakuu Gizago Gunbo. I mean, yeah, we'll skip old and Gunbo. His real name is He Who Stands in the Southern Skies. That's his full Native American name. Cool. Was another Cree man uh, from the Sucker people of the Sandy Lake, which is located in the upper part of the Seven Rivers in northwestern Ontario, Canada. That's a lot. I don't want to be a sucker person. (laughs) The white people, when they got up there, were like, huh, 
Uh, you know what? You're the sucker tribe? You know, this is going to be the easiest one yet. The callback to the beginning episode. Maybe that could be my new nickname is He Who Stands on the Southern Sky, Jay. But all right, go on. So Jack Filler. He and his brother, Joseph Filler, uh, proclaimed themselves as Wendigo hunters and claimed that they were well-equipped to fight off evil spirits. Jack and Joseph traveled all around eastern Canada seeking out people who were rumored to have committed such taboo acts of cannibalism and other great sins to the Native Americans, or were summoned at the request of family members who feared that one of their own had succumbed to the monsters. Jack Fiddler even uh, even killed his own brother, hmm. Peter Flat, after, yeah, even killed his own brother, Peter Flat, after the man cannibalized some companions when the food ran out on one of their trading expeditions. By this time, he and Joseph were arrested in 1907. Fiddler claimed to have killed 14 Wendigos, truly believing his people were possessed. Jack committed suicide after his arrest, and Joseph was tried and sentenced to life imprisonment, dying three days before receiving word that he had been pardoned. Oh. This being said, there have been other or there have been survivors. One man w- had a bout of Wendigo psychosis when he was traveling on a bus in 2008. Oh, very recent. Mm-hmm. So before I get into that, what do you think about Jack and Jack and uh, oh gosh, Joseph? Wait, so they arrested Jack? They arrested both of them. So they were Wendigo hunters. They were confirmed Wendigo hunters. They would either cast out spirits, and if they couldn't cast you out, they'd kill you. Uh, and they did this a lot. Each one of them, I think one had 14 and one had 20-something confirmed okay. Wendigo kills. People believe these guys. Uh, I think they ran into a big city, and that's when they got arrested. Mm. Oh. <laughs> well. All right. I'm just going to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a little mishap here in the studio. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they were arrested. And uh, basically, oh, what? I don't, now I don't remember what I was saying. So, we're talking about Jack. Jack committed suicide he, he went immediately big... after he was arrested. And he was pardoned. Oh, right? okay. And they were both going to get pardoned. They didn't know. Jack immediately committed suicide the second they got into the jailhouse because he knew people, in his words to his brother, he knew people weren't going to understand what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said they were still righteous, but they were going to hang them. Yeah. Because um, these were city people. They just didn't understand right, yeah. that these things are real. And then Joseph, uh, there's some weird stuff that he was actually killed by some... He, in the jail he was in, had family members of one of the Wendigos he'd killed. Oh, no way. And he was killed by those guys. He was suicided? All we, knew, we, we know he didn't kill himself. Right. It's unsure of how he was He was abstained. Yeah, uh, but literally he was getting pardoned because a bunch of the people from his providence were writing in saying, "No, no, no, he does good work. They do good work." Right? Yeah. And Except those guys in the jail cell, the family members, like, yeah, screw they that. What they're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you want to put that back on? You may take a break. Nah, we're almost done, aren't we? We uh, we got a bit. <laughs> So, for those of you guys at home, her mic totally just jumped off the desk. Emily broke her mic standing off the desk <laughs> and tried fiddling with it. It tried to eat itself. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you this scared. last story of the 2008 bus man. I, ha- I don't have his name. Arcanda has never released this name. Oh. So, it's just the bus man. Yeah. I have you the name of his bussing. victims. Okay. Which is weird. Uh, but, um, his name's Terry McNeil. There we go. 
I don't know. He's Anyways. Bussin. So, <laughs> one man on a bus in 2008. Uh, but yeah. Basically, this guy got on the bus full of people. And he was acting weird. He was muttering himself. He was real, like, sweaty. It looked like he was having, like, a nervous breakdown. And when the bus was at a, like, just on the side of, or it was on the road, he jumped up. The man next to him was named Tim McLean. He stabbed him around 60 times, slashed three other of the other 10. The rest of them got off the bus and locked him in the bus. And then when cops got there, he was literally standing on top of Tim, uh, Tim's still bleeding, presumably live body, eating him. Oh, my gosh. Yummy. Uh, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he just was crazy. Bath salts. He was found not guilty due to insanity. They actually did capture him and uh, contained him. Nick, wait, not guilty? Mm-hmm. Of what? Due to insanity. Of killing people. Of killing all the three three people on a bus. Oh, what do you mean not guilty? Due to insanity. Due to insanity? You sh- I don't care if you're insane. You still did it. Well, that's what he's he's not going to prison is all that means. Oh, my he gosh. Went to a mental institution. You do not want to put that guy in prison. Because he'll... He'll probably get eaten himself. Or he'll eat other people. Well, yeah. It's like an animal. He that Everything he said, was, he was not. Well, I'd like to see that guy try that in a prison, not on a bus full of every but day. But you got to remember, coming into prison, he has all that street cred of like literally being a monster. Right, yeah. Oh, shoot. It's like being a serial killer going to prison. Most of them are just like, oh, my gosh. I guess. I guess. This guy literally stood on top of a living person eating, eating them. Eating them, yeah. While the police were telling him to get off him. Right, yeah. Hmm. I just feel like sending him to prison probably end a lot more badly for him than a mental institution. Yeah, but he he needed to go to a mental institution. Yeah. He was not a person. Or the chair. But he kept screaming. The only thing he would ever say was he was uh, he was possessed by the Wendigo. Hmm. And he would scream it and stuff like that. And he would just, just like be... He was like an animal possessed. Whatever it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was clinically insane for sure. Yeah. Because his only crime, I think, in his life was standing on top of a still living person eating them. He was insane in the membrane. That's one. If that's the one you got to have, that's a That was only in 2008. Yeah, that's very recent. That's why I said bath salts. Like, there was a story. Wasn't that the guy like that in Florida? Yeah, like, they, yeah they, he, one homeless guy ate another one. Yeah, or like eating somebody's face. Yeah, it was another homeless guy. Yeah. There's two homeless people. Good Lord. It just reminds me of the CPR episode of The Office. And then? Just all that comes to mind. Oh, okay. I just imagine Dwight with the face. Oh, I know what you're talking oh. about. With the mat, like the protective face mask thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Looks like Michael Myers. That's all that comes to mind. <laughs> all right. So now that we're off of Wendigo psychosis, or what do you think about Wendigo psychosis? Oh, I can. It does seem like a mental. What, what would you call that? Or Illness? is it actually a spirit? Like a neural. Right. Change. Or. or is that one and the same? Some people do believe that the mental illness is actually a spirit. spirits. Yeah, yeah. Causing mm-hmm. problems. Which, and if this is real, like let's say this is a real thing. I mean, there's a case in point. It is a real thing. But yeah, that's kind of what I think it is. A mental illness brought on by a spirit, a demon, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. So I'm going to give you now, or what do you think, Emmy, about Wendigo Psychosis? Um, I think it goes both. I'm more leaning towards, I think it's just a change in their neuro. Continue. 
Sorry, Doug was like moving around in his mm-hmm. crate. It sounds like somebody's Oh, okay. Here. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, because I'm not wearing my headphones, but he's like moving around in his crate and it sounds like somebody's home that he's trying to get to. Um, yeah, I just think it was a change in like the neuro, but it might have been let on by the Wendigo spirit. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have Wendigo hot spots for you guys. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin. Is like the number one Wendigo hotspot in the U.S. with modern Wendigo sightings. Nick and Jake, please be careful. Mm-hmm. America's scary land. Alberta, Canada. Oh, it's the Wendigo capital of Canada. Mm. The UP of Michigan. Okay. In North Dakota. Aren't oh. these also all Bigfoot hotspot areas too? Stop it. <laughs> what? So, yeah, so these are... You're jumping the gun. you got to read his mind and know what's on his I notes. Well, I've told you to mind. stop three times. I can't help <laughs> it. I just want to get there because I know it. All right, so these are the Wendigo hotspots. Wisconsin seems to be like a really modern hotspot of like sightings. Like current. Almost, over, almost every winter they have some kind of Wendigo sightings. That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Huh. And why don't we hear about that on the news? Shouldn't that they be... they have the Chupacabra. Oh. They did have the Chupacabra on the news. Wow, you give us one. Yeah, that's all you got to say about these Wendigo hotspots? Yes. It should be on the news more. Well, no, I mean, it's it's kind of an area we assumed, I guess, the most. Yeah, Northern. these northern, these really cold places. But it's it's frighteningly close to us. Yeah, that's okay. It's not too far away. There's a lot of Great Lakes in between us and them. Well, maybe they can swim. Remember, they can walk on water. Uh, they, see, Great Lakes mean nothing. It's actually a bad thing. It's, it's even like, worse for us. Yeah, it's a big long walk. Well, yeah, for not getting hit by a boat, they can't get hit by boats. I think can. I think they can. You think? You think it'd do much damage? Probably no, but knock them out pretty far. Unless it was on fire. A fire boat. It's not gonna hurt them, but it's still gonna throw them, send them flying. Maybe it can drown them. I don't know. But All they right. walk on water. The next thing. Does that mean they lay on water? No, I can. Nope. Just walk. Oh, just walk. Once they're once the bottom of their feet ain't touching, they sink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. The next thing. The Bigfoot connection. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good good idea. Good yeah, thought here. You. So a lot of people, there's a group of people that think that uh, Wendigo is actually a type of Bigfoot, and they kind of use this already existing creature to justify some uh, precautionary tales. It's like, don't eat people, don't commit incest, don't kill oh, your okay. mother. So, but yeah. they know this creature exists and it gets seen kind of often. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, that's what you become. It's like a man monster. Yeah. You know, with Sasquatch reportings and how they look and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, I guess here's the thought is, is it just because the Sasquatch exist and they use it as this? Or <laughs> has a Sasquatch committed, like, does it, is it known to eat people in these territories? Yeah, has it committed acts against, uh, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Has it broken the rules, basically, and mm-hmm. done one of these things? Because we went over in a past episode that there hasn't really been a lot of Bigfoot encounters where we see them having harmed by eating people. Right. As far as we know, because those people don't ever come back. Well, obviously. They don't get to tell the story. But even in the Missing 411 episode we went over, we don't really see... You don't find much parts or nothing. Mm -hmm. No bloody scene, nothing. Whereas what we're running into with this is all the remains are still there. 
Yeah, it seems to be like more messy. It's more of the, yeah. But I'm just saying that's what some people claim. And like you kind of said, that a lot of these areas are Bigfoot hotspots, but it's just also because it's in the northern woods. You know, these are also giant northern forests. Mm-hmm. So it's just where the Wendigo exists happens to maybe Coker. I don't think the Wendigo and the Bigfoot are the same thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either, but I bet they're similar. People think, some people think. So that's something we had to add. Like they both could be inhabited by a spirit type thing. Like big, got their world. Yeah, from other worlds. Is that what you said? Yep. So yeah, they and and when they're when they come here, they have similar qualities as far as a spirit inhabiting a creature. Maybe they and maybe they do imitate Bigfoot. What if that? Like, what if the Wendigo is taking the Bigfoot kind of form or shape? See, I think. Well, we'll get into what we think, but yeah, I think Wendigos hurt people. Hurt people are. Oh, are people. Okay. I don't think they have anything to do with Bigfoot. I just think they happen to be people. Mm -hmm. The same area. Okay. But, so, another working thought is that people use the Wendigo to justify heinous acts they either have to commit or want to commit. Hmm. Okay. To say, it wasn't me, it was the Wendigo spirit that took over my body. Hmm. I didn't eat my family. It was them. Hmm. So, is this an actual thing that they're doing to justify their actions? Or is this a thing that their brain made to rationalize the horrible things they had to do? Like they had to eat. Right. When in reality, they just wanted to. Or no, I'm not saying that. Like they really had to eat. So your brain splits itself. Uh, So you can live. Gotcha. It's the id, the ego, and the Mm -hmm. super ego. It's Mm. saying, see, like, no, no, you didn't commit this. Uh, This thing committed it. Right. So you can live every day. So you don't have a. You have a clear conscience. So that'd be. That's what the super ego. I think that was the it's, I think it'd be a little different than that. It's more of the subconscious and the conscious. It's one of those things in there. It's one of those voices in your head that talk to you all the time, you know. But everyone has. Yeah, everyone has. Just you. <laughs> wink, wink. Five, six, seven, you know, separate voices. But yeah, so some people think it's that it's literally what your brain has to make. I could see that. To but justify your, itself. Your brain will create anything. Anything in any situation. So not to be... Even when you're like scared, like yeah. Uh, so anything. sometimes, like let's say with really other heinous stuff, like rape and stuff like that, mm-hmm. your brain will block it out, right? Yeah, or you'll remember it different mm-hmm. because your brain can't handle the horribleness that happened to you, so it just makes a different story, right? Yeah, it even blacks it out and completely. You've seen that with abuse with children and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or like you said, blocks it out completely. So it may be a way for your brain to get around it. To justify it, to make it easier for your conscience to the rest. I could see that. It's just, oh no, don't worry, you didn't, Tim, you didn't do this. The the Wendigo Wendigo did it. it. You had no control. Very plausible. Very plausible. I'm sure that has happened in in history. I'm sure it has more than once. But I'm sure it's also happened the other way, where it really did. Whatever this thing is, has done this to people. Mm. But I, yeah, I could see easily see someone justifying it in their own mind, just to make them sleep at night. And not even on purpose, just it's a natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if you still have a conscience. What do you think, Em? You already kind of said my thoughts. Okay. All right, so now, final thoughts. Final thoughts. What do you think the Wendigo is, Jay? I think it is a spirit being that can... That can... It's half human, half spirit. And when the spirit... Spirit inhabits, it needs a human body vessel to navigate the world, I guess, and to feed and to eat, to stay alive. 
So I think it's a combination of both people, a person and a spirit, a dark spirit. I think I agree with you hundred percent. It's, it's this evil thing and you, and it's kind of making you walk through the motions of doing these horrible acts because you've already committed them. Right. You've already agreed to some kind of devilish contract by committing these acts. Mm-hmm. When we look at skinwalkers, it's willing. You're willingly inviting the skinwalker spirit yes. that grab onto you by doing these heinous acts. When we look at the Wendigo, it's kind of a byproduct because they're very different. They're very similar in different cultures, though, uh, that were the, the cold weather cultures have these situations appear semi-often where it's like, this is the only way. Mm-hmm. Where in the Western cultures, it doesn't happen that often. Right, yeah. So you have to invite the spirit. And when you do, it seems like when you do the willing contract, you get more control over the powers. You still shift into this monster. Mm-hmm. But you have more control over what you can do. It seems when it's this forced contract that it's... You're basically at its will. Yeah. And it seems like a person can grab a hold for a second every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It's kind of like you're driving an army tank and then you open the hatch and let someone else in there with you. But once they get in there, they got you seatbelt strapped to the back and you can't really do nothing. But every now and then you can... Hit him, hit him in the head with a Lego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Or just jolt the, I don't know, the treads a different way for a second. That's about it. What do you think, Em? I'm on the same idea boat as y'all. I do think it could be both. Well, what if this boat runs into a Wendigo and knocks it off its Well, feet? then I guess we all go down together. <laughs> <laughs> Any other comments, guys? Um, always have a fire-creating device mm-hmm. on you. <laughs> yes. Just in case. A small flamethrower will do you good in so the northern woods. Bug spray and a lighter here be fine. That would work pretty good. <laughs> Dude, I've done that before. That's probably why they're not as seen as often anymore. It's because everybody has... Bug like, spray. Deet. Small flamethrowers. Yeah. Heated jackets. Yeah, heated jackets. Oh, I'm actually not hungry anymore. We don't really starve to death anymore. The average American and Canadian citizen is overweight, so... Heated jackets. We can be out here for like four or five weeks before we get hungry. Man, yeah. I think that's it, guys. Wendigo, this season been, one opener. Yeah, this is season fun. Season two. Season two opener. <laughs> season 1.2.3. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, at this point. Season two opener. <laughs> All right, I've been the great Mr. E. Oh, yeah, I've been the interdimensional giant J. I've been the enchanted Emily. And together we are Crypts of the Corn podcast, covering every Native American folklore legend you'd want to hear, every, I mean, pretty much everywhere in this country this continent and this world that has corn sorry antarctica i still haven't confirmed that you have corn that letter is in the mail it is it takes a while to get down there (laughs) is it up or down down depends on how you view the world jay it's not flat anyways (laughs) yeah but if you come at the world from upside down from space antarctica is up all right (laughs) you can't walk far enough west where you go east but you can walk far enough north where you go south true all right Once again, thank you guys for all your support. You want t-shirts, get a hold of us on Facebook or email. Join us on Patreon for some extra fun content. And like, share, subscribe, that like button. That like button. There we go. (laughs) All right, guys. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, 
please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.